getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday evening, September 6th, 6.05 p.m. Mountain Time, which means it's time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am your host, Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, good friend and co-host for this show is dating on six years, five years? God, who knows? <laughs> Too many good years. Um, yep. Some bad football years, but some good years hanging out together and talking ball with you guys. Uh, Carl Dummler. Carl, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I, I'm just, uh, ah, man, I'm, I'm itching to get the football season kicked yeah. off here in two days, getting to watch that, that Bills-Rams game. That's going to be, that's a good one to start off the season. That might be a Super Bowl preview right there. And of course, Broncos Monday night. I I am torn. I have a prior commitment during the Broncos game. I know. And I'm torn on whether I'm going to pull the old sick bug and and <laughs> and stay home. I'm, I'm not sure yet. I haven't made that decision yet. But uh, uh, no, it, it's like I said, football's back for the next However many months now, every Sunday, going to have some kind of football game going on. Got your Saturday games going on, even if Iowa can't score a touchdown. And, uh, you know, it just, it is, it's, it's a great time of year. And I'm, I'm great. I'm just excited to be talking to all of you about the Broncos here today. And oh, just talking about a team that should be winning. Yeah. Yeah, I know this Denver Broncos team is uh, on the up and up. I'm really excited to have tickets uh, for that game as well. I guess some of us are going to be meeting at lot 10. Um, so if you're there, you hit me up on Twitter or something, I can point you in the right direction, but uh, should be a lot of fun and uh, man, itching to go. And like you said, I'm excited for Thursday. I know that is if Ernie's in here, I'm sorry, Ernie talking about other teams being excited about them, <laughs> but the uh, Rams bills. I mean, that's probably the best matchup we could possibly have to start the season. Given the parameters of like the Super Bowl champion typically plays the season opener, right? I mean, right. like maybe Rams chiefs would be up there as well, but Rams bills, should be a blast and also a blast coming in here. Boom. There's a blast. Let's ride from diamond Rattler. Good to see you. Dylan Von Arx. I know he's going to be at the game saying sup Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in and subscribe. If you haven't already, I see the like and subscriber all caps now. Good job, Dylan. Uh, we had Jake Ozad coming in saying might have overdone it with the five captains, but no harm. Yeah. We'll be getting to the captains today and some other news as well. Um, we have us Dave saying, I'm just happy. I'm just glad we have product versus couch coach prognosticators yeah uh absolutely although i'm not on a couch but sometimes maybe you know, maybe could put me in that uh one for sure uh we got nick d announcing them we'll get into it here in a second uh, who they are um we got jamie in the house saying how do y'all good to see you nathan uh noble asking about it um talking about one of the captains here bradley chubb saying hopefully chubb gets back on track and stays healthy 
hundred percent. Uh, that's a, it's a big one this year. Um, and, uh, we got Jamie coming inside. I tried to get Javante. The dang thing didn't go through. Um, oh, in the, uh, in a fantasy draft, oh. Carl, what is your take? I mean, I'm, I used to be like way into fantasy football, like reading all the content, listening to like four or five podcasts. And I don't have the time or desire anymore to do that as much. Uh, so, and now I'm in only like two leagues compared to like, I used to be in like seven. Um, we got Phil yeah. McLaughlin first coming in, uh, saying hashtag let's ride. Thank you so much Phil, for the stars and the support. We appreciate you. Um, but real quick, uh, fantasy question for you. So Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, it seems like Javante Williams is like a back end of the first round pick and Melvin's going fifth, sixth round. What are your thoughts on that? Personally, I would take Gordon. If I'm doing like fantasy football, this is just because I feel like it's still going to be him getting a lot of carries and especially red zone carries. That's one of his biggest strengths that he brings to the table. And I think he's a great fit with this outside zone scheme. And from everything that I was hearing from training camp, he was kind of the guy that was feeling a little bit more natural in that system. Javante, mm -hmm. I don't have any questions. I think he'll get there. He'll be fine. But I, I could see early on them riding the hot hand of Gordon. Now, maybe when you're getting to playoff time for fantasy football, then you're going, that's when I want Javante. And he's going to be getting that maybe 75% of the carries at that point. And, and so maybe you're kind of thinking that way. But again, I, I'm looking for value. I'm not sure Javante is going to be the greatest value just because he's not going to be the bell cow back. Yeah. If I'm taking a running back in the first round, I want a guy that's going to be getting 65, 70% of the carries at least. Yeah. And just looking over on fantasy pros, uh, the average draft position for both these players um, for standard scoring, Melvin Gordon's the 38th ranked running back. And for PPR, he's 37th and Javante Williams for standard running back scoring is 12th. And uh, for PPR, he's 14th. I think it's going to be closer to a 50-50 split. And I think that uh, Gordon as well is going to be used more in the pass game. So really, it seems like, I mean, I think Williams, if I had to get one at each, if I could get each of them at the same value, I'd probably, I would take Williams still because I think he's more yeah. of a home run hitter. I think you have more upside there and you, you need to hit some home runs in the draft. Uh, but if you're getting Gordon, what is that? Uh, average draft position, 98 compared to 18 uh, second round to God, what is, I mean, you're talking about like a 10 team standard league, uh, the ninth, 10th round. God, yep. Melvin just seems like such a better value, but uh, what do I know? I'm not the uh, fantasy football God here. Um, <laughs> like some folks can be. So that's just my take on it. Garth Knight coming in MHH country. Let's ride the wait for Monday night football is a killer, but the sands of time are getting there one step at a time, one day at a time. Thank God we got some football that we can, uh, have some fun with um, in between now and then as well. And hopefully score some touchdowns because my God, Carl, I, you guys are all giving me a hard time about that Iowa game this last week. And that was rough, rough to watch. They won. That's the bottom line, but my God, <laughs> Gary leads Palmer coming in saying Nick, Carl and Scott. So happy you will be there repping us go Broncos. Let's ride. Yeah. I, uh, I wish all everybody was coming out. It's just going to be me from MHH side of things, but uh, definitely we'll be repping and repping the Broncos as well. So it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much. I got Howie freaking day. Also, sup, fellas. Good to see you, Howie. We appreciate you always coming in with the support. Uh, every bit helps. Yeah. Anyway, and go ahead. I was going to say, I'm going to be at the 49ers game. Yes. For the, the meet and greet. So if anybody's going to be around Denver for that home game, please come and say hi to me. I'd love to have a little Broncos conversation with you. Yeah, absolutely. And Gregory Vandalin coming in 1999. Thank you so much. Flash and orange on there, man. I'm hoping that all the uh, Broncos fans that do make the check out to Seattle are rocking orange because this Carl drinking looks like an orange crush. 
Uh, anybody who's coming out to that game, don't wear navy blue. The Seahawks are navy blue. What are you doing? Make sure you're rocking some orange out there. I'll be wearing a uh, an orange shirt for sure and a uh, light blue hat, but that's because I just got a brand new uh, hat with a D on it that's looking good. Uh, we also got Nathan coming in saying, I've been arguing for Drew Locke in Seattle uh, streams causing chaos i love it now that it's not us what a troll that's the thing is you want to be a covert troll and if you're cheering for you know one of those quarterbacks either of them having a hard stance on that i definitely think uh you are uh, doing the right kind of trolling there we got jason coming in saying what's up with the right tackle spot i'm feeling kind of worried uh going into seattle week one carl any have you heard anything about the right tackle position i i haven't seen them announce an official starter but it does sound like billy turner is going to be that guy for the broncos they, they seem comfortable with him not practicing a whole lot this off season, but uh, he knows the coaching staff. He knows the system. He's one of those guys you can just kind of plug in and play and, and he's going to be ready week one. So uh, the big question is going to be, can he stay healthy? I, I have my doubts. He's had his struggles lately with injuries. And so Calvin Anderson better be ready as that backup and kind of depending how further down the road they need to go. Fleming might have to get in there as well. You know, that, that, that unit can get weak pretty quick, unfortunately. Yeah. Absolutely. I think Billy Turner will play. And luckily for the Broncos, the Seahawks don't have any established superstar pass rushers. Now they did draft Boye Mafe uh, early in the second round. I believe with actually the pick the Broncos sent to the Seahawks, the second round pick that they sent to the Seahawks. And he's a, he's a supremely talented edge rusher. Some people thought he was going to end up going in the back end of the first round, goes one of the first picks in the second round from the University of Minnesota, cut it up at the Senior Bowl a uh, really talented player. He c- could cause some problems for any of the Broncos uh, offensive tackles, but especially if they're down to a Calvin Anderson or an injured uh, Billy Turner. But hopefully you can take some of those lumps and live with it because you're explosive and overcoming in other aspects of the field. But uh, definitely concerning, and it's concerning long-term uh, for the Broncos. We also got Jay Valentine, 48 more hours. Absolutely. <laughs> Biggie Bronco laughing in here. Paul's in the house. Always good to see Paul. Hope you're doing well, Paul. We appreciate you. Uh, and Travis coming in saying, good evening, Nick, Carl, and Scott Bronco and Broncos country. Carl, congrats on the one year with your boys. Yeah, Carl, congrats on that. And congratulations to last night's winners. Yeah, Carl, big time, man. That's uh, that's really big time. Uh, can you tell? I guess don't want to divulge too much personal information, but maybe we have some first time listeners that are. What the heck are they talking about? As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash Farm Energy Assessment. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Yeah, so one year ago was the first time I got to meet my my two boys. We adopted two boys from the Dominican Republic. And uh, so that was our first time actually getting to meet them. We'd been there a couple of days in the Dominican and then had to stay for uh, six weeks or something like that. So I missed a lot of shows. Thankfully, I had a lot of people that helped out here at Mile High Huddle and, and stepped, stepped in for me and everything. But uh, 
so yeah, this last year been craziest year of my life, but it's been incredible with the with the boys getting them here, getting them adjusted to school and life. And um, well, it's been quite the ride. And now it's exciting this year, getting to enjoy the Broncos with my boys, my youngest son. I took him to training camp hmm. and uh, he goes, when can we go again? I love that. Yeah. I was like, oh man, that was like a hundred degree day and he's loving being out there. So uh, that that's exciting. And, you know, watching the preseason with them, uh, we ran routes. I was teaching him the route tree. Uh-oh. And uh, so th- they're going to be up there. He's got his wide receiver gloves. You know, I played wide receiver, so I got to get my sons playing wide receiver as well. Mm-hmm. I need to get him a quarterback that can throw because I can't throw worth two licks. But oh, uh, man. yeah, <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, it's been been a great adventure and I appreciate all of you being a part of this and and uh, wishing me luck on everything we've gone through. Yeah. 100%. We got Roy Osborne. Good evening. Nick, Carl, and Scott getting real close and exciting and getting excited to see what we really have. Absolutely. Ernie Mays talking about the guy. Hello, Nick and Carl. Broncos rule and the rest drool. Uh, they do drool, but I'm I'm going to enjoy watching them drool uh, because I am a football craved maniac. Jason saying, is this a fantasy football podcast? Uh, it's not, but if it pertains to the Broncos, we will still talk about it and cover it. So, yeah. Uh, William coming in and saying, hey, at least we got Monday night game now. Yeah. How do you feel about opening up on Monday night, Carl? Obviously, everybody, Broncos, September 12th, the week one finale, heading to Seattle, kickoffs at 5 o'clock. I'm going to have to leave work early to head down there. But uh, are you excited about that? I mean, is this is this a good thing for Broncos country to have Monday night football week one at Seattle? I mean, it's nice. It's a primetime game. I hate waiting for the Monday night game. Like, you get to watch all these other teams get their chance to, to show off for week one. you got to be the last team to show off. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I, I don't like that right off the bat. I wish they had a Sunday game. Cause then of course you got to turn around. You got one day less already starting off the, the schedule yeah. and, and Broncos also, they have, I think the second longest traveling of any team out there only behind Seattle. And so, you know, it just Broncos always seem to start on the road. I still don't mm. get that either. Like I'd love to see an early game or that first game right there in Denver, especially with Russell Wilson getting in front of that home crowd right off the bat. But I, I mean, I can't argue too much with it. Like I said, it's a primetime game, and it'll be a fun one to, to watch. And, and I'm glad that, that the Broncos are at least relative again, that they get these kind of primetime games. Yeah. I would have been more nervous about it if Drew Locke was playing from the embarrassment factor. Now, I think the Broncos had a better chance to win if Drew Locke was playing, but to go Monday Night Football after you traded for Russell Wilson and then to show up and lay an egg and get beat by Drew Locke, I... I don't know if I could have handled it. I would have had to stuck my, stick my hand in, or my head in the sand for a week. Uh, so that's yeah. my biggest concern because showing up on Monday Night Football and laying an egg week one. After, I mean, it's like, oh, I talk so much crap. I talk so much crap. No, uh, but uh, that's the biggest thing. Obviously, who cares? It's the football game and they're just talking fun. Anybody who takes that too seriously on our end is probably needs to find some other hobbies too. But yeah. um, I'm a little bit nervous uh, because of that Monday Night game. No, right. no issue waiting for so long, though. Right. Well, it, and like I said, if it was Drew Locke, he has such high variance in his play. Mm-hmm. He could sneak one out. Like he could just all of a sudden just like, I got to have this. This is my Super Bowl of the year. Got to yeah. go have a big game. Geno yep. Smith, pretty much every game you're going to get the same. Yep. Kind of like Teddy Bridgewater last year. You knew what you were going to get from week in to week out. Yeah. And it was sometimes enough, sometimes not. So I, I can't see the Seahawks with him at quarterback scoring more than 20 points. Yeah. 
I hope so. <laughs> I'm always waiting to see. Kyle yeah. Olson coming in saying, let's ride Broncos country. Good to see you, Kyle. We also got another super chat coming in here from our superstars coming in from Phil McLaughlin saying, Nick, Iowa, Iowa State over under eight points. Take the under, hammer the under. I think Iowa's a three and a half point favorite, which I don't know, man. It's uh, that game was so rough against San Diego State. Now, San Diego State's a really good FCS team, but. My God, I'm at my wit's end. Um, thank God the Broncos have a good offense now, or in theory should have a good offense, because I don't know if I could have taken another year of Iowa having a laughing stock offense with then going to the Broncos with just quarterback bile <laughs> under center. I just sorry to totally disparage the guys we've had there, but thank God. <laughs> thank you, George Payton and Russell Wilson. Uh, Garth Knight coming in. 499 super again coming in double dipping here garth thank you so much saying congrats on the kids uh how do y'all like the cuisine in the dominican that's that's for you carl i have no idea yeah it was i mean it's phenomenal mm -hmm. you, you get yourself some some great ocean mediterranean coming in i mean it was uh it was some good food and the mm -hmm. fruits oh my gosh that, that was probably the best part the fresh fruits just outside of our resort that we stayed at there was about three or four fruit stands and so going and getting fresh mangoes Oh my gosh. I mean, you, you just, you cut into that and the juices are flowing out and uh, you know, pretty much everybody had to take, go into the ocean or something like that to get cleaned off. Cause you just be covered head to toe and mango juice and bananas. And yeah. uh, we, we just devoured that stuff. So I, I missed that. Cause I, I can't get that stuff out here. Yeah. God. I still think about not the exact same, um, but uh, the pineapple sorry, Caribbean, in not Mediterranean. Caribbean. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Good Caribbean. Um, I still think about the pineapples in uh, Costa Rica. My God, melt in your mouth, buttery good. So awesome. Uh, we have coming in here, Kenny saying Denver Broncos life behind enemy lines, born Denver, but lives in Seattle. Well, hello. Um, I'm in Seattle as well. Uh, man, it was beautiful this weekend. Hope you got to get outside and enjoy it. And uh, hopefully the Broncos can win so we can wear our Denver Broncos gear loud and proud. I got hassled a little bit today on my morning walk um, saying he's washed or somebody said something like that to me while I was listening to a podcast. I'm like, <laughs> okay we'll see uh but uh -huh. thank you thanks thanks so much enjoy drew lock um tell noah fanta said hi we got c chang saying are they gonna have the game uh on monday night tv yeah of course it'll be on espn um jamie says abc as well i don't even know if they do they show monday night on two different tvs i i don't know um i'll be at the games but i know espn will be carrying it for sure greg smith come with the steak eggs uh drumstick and beers saying let's eat and let's ride absolutely let's eat i love it that's greg smith whole uh whole brand here um, we also got, uh, our guy, big E coming in saying you, you have a good looking crew there, Carl and your family. Congratulations. Absolutely. I'll be nice to them until they are of age to be, you know, when I'm scouting them and then mm -hmm. I'll just pick them apart. You know, can't be good <laughs> enough on that one. Not long enough arms. No, God, the arm length, man. Leroy Williams coming in saying, what's up guys. What do you know about Davion Nixon from Iowa? That was released talking about long arms by the Panthers and Kellerman said we should sign him. Now we have one spot left. Uh, he is a defensive tackle. I know Davion Nixon. Uh, he originally committed to Iowa, didn't qualify grade-wise, went to Iowa Wesleyan, won a national championship there, was going to go back to Iowa, then Alabama tried to steal him from Iowa's recruit, still went to Iowa, and uh, then had a pretty good year. I think he was a defensive player of the year at Iowa. Fell to the fifth round. Now, what about Davion Nixon? Why did he fall to the fifth round? Uh, some talk about some immaturity some going on there, um, intelligence, whatever you want to say, uh, just some questions there one of the reasons he probably fell the fifth round from an on the field perspective. He's a versatile guy with very long arms and good athleticism. He's got some issues with leverage. Uh, sometimes I think he's a little bit top heavy, a little bit high cut uh, body type, and that can lead him to having some issues anchoring and against the run, but he's 
still relatively young, second-year player with a lot of upside. Now, the Broncos can't just sign him. He has to pass through waivers because he was on that rookie contract still. Uh, so if the Bronco, if he gets to the ninth pick in the waiver process and the Broncos put a claim on him, they'll be awarded him. But there are eight teams in front of the Broncos that maybe would be interested in the defensive tackle from the University of Iowa. Uh, the last bit is that he's coming off a pretty serious knee injury last year. So keeping an eye on it, um, as long as everything's cleared up there with the, the background and whatnot, he's extremely talented. And I think he'd probably offer something that you don't have right now on this defensive line, which is a guy with crazy length. Uh, I think he's got 35 and a quarter inch arm length or something at about 310 pounds. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty fun body type there. So uh, we'll see how that plays out for him, but I would take him. Maybe I'm being biased uh, to his, <laughs> to my Iowa fandom there. I have a hard time with that one sometimes. All right. We got Dante uh, McCluskey coming in with a super chat saying Mike Florio is a clown. That is all. Thank you for the super chat. And you know, he does, he's got some, some weird takes and I know he's not always been the biggest Bronco fan. I remember at one point he said he'd never go on another Denver uh, radio show because he had reported something about Peyton Manning trying to get out of the Broncos and stuff like that. And it, it got blown apart and the radio people were calling him out on it. And he just, Oh my gosh, he lost it. And so ever since then, he's kind of had a little bit of a, a negative attitude towards the Broncos a vendetta. Yeah. And then you got Chris Sims working with him and Chris Sims getting cut by the Broncos. So, you know, as much as these guys like to think they're objective, there's still some biases. Yeah. I mean, he, David Carr, he can never pick against his brother. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't blame him. I mean, it's your brother. So you got to show family yeah. love, but uh, so yeah, just always take those guys with a grain of salt, you know, but we also have to remember we come into this with a little bit of homerism as, as well. So truth's uh, probably somewhere in the middle. You know, we were talking right before the show about power rankings and the Broncos having the highest variance. Some of them have them clear up at eight. I've, I've seen them as high as five before it clear down to like 19. So it's nobody quite knows what the Broncos are going to be this year. Yeah, uh, it will. Uh be interesting to see, but I can guarantee the Broncos are going to be more fun uh, mm -hmm. this, this year. I, that's one thing we do know. Benjamin Flores coming in saying evening gentlemen, it's almost time. I think the last time we opened up at home was when we beat Seattle at home. I remember that that would have been mm -hmm. 2014, 2015, maybe I dramatic pause, a dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Dramatic Pause is a go-to for podcasters, presidents, and radio voiceovers. It makes you look really smart, even if you're not. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Dude Shoes. Light, comfy, good to go to. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, 
the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. I definitely remember that game. Uh, absolutely. I did. Oh, maybe it was, I don't know. <laughs> Somebody in the chat can probably tell us with the, the Google machine in front of them. But yeah, no, it's been a bit. Uh, Broncos have a crazy good record in September as well. Those teams are not fully conditioned yet. Broncos have been practicing at altitude. I think weeks one through week four, the Broncos have like an unbelievable home record. Uh, so a little bit too bad, but hey, that means pretty good things, hopefully, for that week three game when a lot of the Mile High Huddle folks will be there and you guys as well. Dean coming in saying, I'll be at Lumen next Monday night. Absolutely. We'll see you there, Dean. I think I heard lot 10. I don't know. Hit me up on Twitter. I also saw uh, Broncos fans in Seattle um, at was on my Twitter as well. Uh, so make sure you follow them and we'll, we'll hang out. I think they're going to have a thing at one of the St. Andrews bar the day before also. So we'll be fun. Uh, we also have Scott Kennedy. I've heard of that guy. Colts went 11 and five. Be stunned if Seattle wins 11 plus this year. What do you have Seattle's over under at Carl? What do you think? Five games. Five. Yeah. I mean, you have maybe bottom two quarterback situation in football right now on top of a roster that really is lacking a lot of talent. I mean, yeah. you look at their first pick for the last, I don't know, about seven drafts. It has not been pretty. It, almost every single player at best. There, there's about two players that you could maybe call average as a starter. The rest of them have either been cut, traded, or out of the league. So they just, they are, they're lacking the depth, they're lacking talent. And I'm interested to see how the Broncos are going to attack this because they aren't great against the run on defense, but they also don't have great cornerbacks. So are you going to win with the pass? You're going to win with the run. I guess it just kind of depends on how Seattle wants to try to stop them. And you just say, okay, you want to stop the pass? We're going to do the run the entire game. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's something to, uh, something to watch out for. Uh, We have, Coming in here from, oh man, where'd it go? It's Divine Comedy coming. Oh, KB82 first. Uh, Kenneth Booker coming in. Of all the AFC West teams, who do they have Broncos the best chance of sweeping? It has to be the Raiders because they're the worst team. I just, yeah. I know the Broncos seem to have a pretty good, for some reason, they keep beating up on the, not beating up, but they always have one game where they beat up on the Chargers. But I think going up against the, the worst team in the division probably gives you the best chance. So I'd have to go with Raiders. Right. Well, and... I don't think they have the greatest home field advantage either. Mm, like Las Vegas sure. has a lot of Raiders fans, but it's still a tourist destination. So you're going to still see a decent chunk of fans. And, and the, I mean, the Chargers don't have great fan base either. So no. I can't be saying too much there, but, but I still think going into Las Vegas, the Broncos have a really good chance of coming away with the victory there. Yeah. hundred percent divine comedy Seahawks running backs are underrated run defense of the Broncos better be a whole lot better than in preseason. Running backs are good. I don't think I'm not really impressed with the run blocking of the Seahawks offensive line. They got Charles Cross at left tackle round one, who was coming along, but his biggest question was run blocking coming in. Interior offensive line was not great last year. And right tackle, we really liked uh, Abraham Lucas coming out of Washington State, but his, again, another guy with questionable run blocking, playing so much air raid. And Rashad Penny had an ankle injury, um, missed cups, a lot of training camp preseason, had the uh, sick bug recently as well, so missed some time. And Kenneth Walker's questionable for week one because of a hernia. So uh, talented running back room on paper, but they're they're a bit dinged up there. Uh, so want to watch out for that. And again, I think it's more about the offensive line uh, than it is the actual running backs in the room. But yeah, Rashad Benny was killer last year. Just curious how healthy he's going to be. And speaking about health, 
Nathan kind of leading here us here. Um, Carl, you had some news here on Jonas Griffith. Yeah, he was back at practice today, and that, that's huge for the Broncos. It looks like he is on course to probably start week one for the Broncos. And Amazing. Yeah, you know, we were hearing that he was having an incredible offseason. One of the biggest talking points of the, the Broncos and – uh, you know, I'd say there's maybe about two or three players that everybody was just talking about, like, oh, you got to watch this guy. He's going to have a breakout season. Jonas Griffith was right at the top of that list. Yeah. And so getting that athleticism back, uh, I've seen Divine Comedy. He's been talking about the – he must be a Seahawks fan here. Uh, but talking about, um, you know, if Brooks came to the Broncos, he'd be linebacker one. No, I, I still think Jewel, because he has an overall game. Brooks was kind of all over the place last year, hit and miss. And Jonas Griffith, I mean, he brings a lot to the table that I think could really surprise a lot of people this year. You know, when we're talking about that run defense, how they're going to hold up Jonas Griffith with that athleticism, shooting the gap, getting some plays in the backfield. That's going to be huge for the Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. I think Kenneth Walker is a type of running back that would scare me for the Broncos because of how physical he is. Rashad Penny's a little bit more of a slasher upright run style and explosive guy, but I, with the Broncos lack of size in their front seven, uh, the way that Kenneth Walker runs would have scared me. But if you're dealing with that hernia injury and missing time as a rookie as well, that's something that I, mean, I guess I'm going to be discounting him a tad uh, in this game. I, and I was a huge uh, Kenneth Walker fan in the draft mm-hmm. last year. I was even like, if Kenneth Walker's there at pick 64 for the Broncos when they had pick 64, or they still kept it. But if Kenneth Walker's there, I wouldn't even be upset them taking him. Mm-hmm. That was before they signed Melvin Gordon as well. But big fan of him. But it uh, sounds like he's going to be dinged up and is questionable for the game and having missed time as well uh right. kyle olson coming in says uh chris chris sims said the broncos will win six or seven games this year still bitter uh well he has some pretty good takes on the quarterback draft um but uh overall um, we'll see how that plays out for him michael crabtree no don't go getting your chain snatched buddy uh coming in saying broncos got to come out explosive out of the start and score 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 let's go broncos country obviously it'd be great if the broncos scored out of the, the front and uh i think brooks is probably better than Josie Jewell just because the athleticism Carl these I mean they're different players Josie's yeah. probably higher floor but Brooks is really good uh Texas Texas Tech I believe yep I still don't think the Seahawks run defense though is that great I would be I think the Broncos got a chance to come in and kind of punch them and be physical with them out the gate uh, also the Seahawks are undergoing a, a transition um defensively scheme wise from that heavy cover three look that everybody thinks of with the Legion of Boom to more of the Vic Fangio two high safeties pre-snap and yep. lighter boxes. And I just don't know if they have the the horses across the defensive front seven, front six, whatever you want to call it, uh, to do that early on. So we'll see. Um, Pete Carroll's a good coach. He's been a good coach, though. So uh, And he's turned around at multiple teams. So we'll see how it plays out for them. And U.S. Davis saying we need to win fast and then build momentum from the tough stre- uh, for the tougher stretch. Luckily for the Broncos early on, uh, they have a little bit easier schedule because that back half is going to be brutal. They just really, we need really need to stay healthy. We've already suffered our one big injury. I don't know if we have room for many more key contributors to go down. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, and you, you look at those other teams, they got to stay healthy too. So it's going to be interesting to see who are the healthy teams at the year, end of the year. Cause chargers, I mean, everybody always starts off pretty much every year saying, Oh, look at this roster. It's so great. And then they lose yeah. like five starters in the first two weeks. And then everybody goes, Oh, okay, they're done. And yeah. uh, so we'll see if they can stay healthy. Uh, you know, Chiefs, obviously, it's really coming down to they, they've got like two or three main players on that defense. If any of them go down, that defense could really turn out bad. You know, if Chris Jones goes down again this year, 
yeah. I don't know. It's going to get ugly for them. They, yeah. they don't have quite the depth that they've had in years past to, to make up for some of that. So we'll, we'll see with them as well. And Raiders, yeah, if one of their top five players goes down, they're in trouble. They're, they're a very top-heavy roster this year. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you have like zero first-round picks on your roster anymore, uh, other than Colton Miller, who's been solid for him. Yes. Michael Ronquillo coming in saying, good evening, Nick and Carl. I'm building the Broncos, Broncos country. Let's ride. And uh, absolutely also love the – I don't know if uh, Divine is a – Seahawks fan, maybe just a football fan, um, coming in saying best pass the Seahawks pass rush is bad. Best pass rush is a safety. I like Boye Mafe a lot um for them, but he is a he's a <laughs> rookie, right? We'll see how he plays. And he's not even a top 10 like lottery style pick rookie as well. So um some more news here uh for the Denver Broncos in uh this game. We have an announcement on the captains uh today. So the Broncos announced five captains for the week one game, and it's a lot of the usual suspects, you know, people who you'd expect yeah. to do it. So obviously you have uh, Russell Wilson being named a captain. There's a shocker of the year um, for everybody out there. You have Bradley Chubb uh, captain as well. Uh, number 55 there at the edge rushing spot, Cortland Sutton named a captain wearing that obviously number 14. He was a captain last year, I believe as well. Uh, Brandon McManus being a captain for the Broncos in this, uh, this matchup. And then, of course, finally, you have uh, number 31, the guy who's been Mr. Bronco here for the last three three seasons, I would say, uh, in Justin Simmons, who is definitely the captain of the defense. So initial impressions here, Scott. Carl. Carl, got it. Yeah. <laughs> Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I do so many shows with Scott. I know, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's pretty much a no duh. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think of any other player that I'm going. Oh man, they should have been the guy. I, I can't. Those are really your top five guys that have really shown. Not only are they great players, but they bring leadership to the table. Cortland Sutton has been leading that wide receiver room for quite a few years. I mean, I know some people were talking about Emmanuel Sanders a couple weeks ago on the show. Of, hey, we should bring him in after the Tim Patrick injury and. And uh, it'd be interesting to see Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders in the same wide receiver room again after they had that fight. You know, I mean, we're actual fists were being thrown at each other because mm-hmm. Cortland Sutton called him out and said, dude, stop jogging. We got to run. We got things to do. 
And uh, so you got to love Cortland Sutton. I, that guy, he's got one one gear, and that's high. He, he wants to go. And yep. uh, so then on defense, I guess you could argue, argue Bradley Chubb. You know, he hasn't really proven himself that great player on the field consistently. But at the same time, you know, that was one of the great things coming out of college. A lot of people talked about he's got leadership qualities on top of being a great player. And, you know, he's been healthy this entire offseason. It sounds like he has worked his tail off and he's pushed a lot of players to, to work their tail off. So I, I think definitely should have been it should be. And, and he is one of the captains of the team. Yeah, he's the one where it's maybe the biggest question mark for me. Uh, Bradley Chubb, that is obviously it's his fifth year in the league. But and captain doesn't mean your best players. We're not just listing the top five players in Madden rankings or something. But it's so definitely makes sense to have Bradley Chubb out there from that respect. Also, ever since the Broncos drafted Bradley, Bradley Chubb, he's been a adult in the room. Now, I do worry sometimes about the excessive celebrating slash taunting slash aggressiveness. Um, I feel like he does have a more of a tendency um, to do that sometimes. And if your captain is getting a 15 yard personal foul, that's a bad look. Um, mm-hmm. But same time, you need to have that dog in the defense. So you just got to pick and choose your battles. Uh, any thoughts on Sertan being not passed over, but you know, just an, an option here instead of a Bradley Chubb? Because I, I think there's no way in heck you can't have Justin Simmons. I think right. Justin Simmons, no doubt. Yeah, that, that's an easy one. That, that's probably actually, I'd almost put him over Russell Wilson at this point, just because he's been in the building longer, knows the teammates. He's been with a lot of these guys for three, four, five, six years kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um yeah, I, Sertan just isn't quite that boisterous leader that you kind of picture. No, I don't know if you watched the behind the scenes the Broncos did recently yep. from training camp, and like he and Justin Simmons were watching film, and like you could tell Sertan was like uncomfortable being in front of the camera. I'm not saying that's what brings out the leadership, but you could just tell like he's not that that big voice. He's not going to be the guy that's going up to people saying, "Hey, I need you doing this, 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 and this." He's more of a, I'm going to do my job well and be the example to show you how hard, it, how hard I'm willing to work. You know, he, he does it by his actions more so than his words. At least that's what I can see. You know, maybe I'm wrong on that, but that, and, and like I said, and then being a second year player, it's kind of hard to get that captaincy unless you're a quarterback in that second year. Yeah, now absolutely. And of course, uh, I don't know if it's a rule that you have to have a, everybody from, the phases, all three phases being a captain or not. That might be a rule. Cause I seem to remember like David Bruton in like a long snapper yep. in the past, like being captains when it's like you guys are, I mean, you're good players, but captains compared to the team, but special teams, uh, the captain in that unit. So maybe that's a rule out there, but uh, Brandon McManus being a captain again, uh, your thoughts on, on that. Obviously if you have to pick a special teamer, it's going to be him, but uh, he's still your kicker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's the longest tenured player on the team now with Von Miller gone. Mm-hmm. And so he, he knows the building in and out. And they were actually asking him. He did a great job the other day in an interview. They asked him, you know, what, what does this team need? Like, what, what's going to take for them to take that next step? And he said, well, I, I think we've got a great energy. We've got a, a better attitude in the building than we've had in the years past. And he said, but I need to see what happens when we get kicked in the teeth. Like, what, what happens when things are not going well for this team? Are we going to go back to our old ways or are we going to, you know, fight through this together? Mm-hmm. He said, that's what I'll know what our team is. And I thought, man, that, that's actually, that's really good. I like that. And, yeah. uh, and so he's a well-spoken guy and I think he's well-liked in the locker room. I mean, he's kind of the, the goofball. Now how well that translates to being 
great as a leader? You know, is he one of those voices that can step up and and uh, and really get the team excited? I don't know, because I know he's had his times in the past where like he and Vic Fangio hated each other. Yeah. It was pretty easy to see. Like there's times he's looking down the sideline, just staring the guy down, like, let me kick the football. And Vic Fangio would say, no, nah, we're good. Uh, so I mean, and that was part of Vic Fangio, but Brandon McManus could probably handle some of those situations a little better too. So, uh, but no, I still think if you're going to have a special teams guy, he's got to be it for you. I can't believe I was saying McManus McManus. Yes. Quit snickering at me. US Dave. Um, that's how we say it in Iowa. No, (laughs) but, uh, McManus. (laughs) Yes. Uh, anybody else here? That's a little bit surprising. I guess I do have one that was maybe somewhat surprising here. Corlin Sutton, I think is a great player, but he's coming off the injury and a injury two years ago now, but since the injury, he's not shown like he did prior to the injury. The flashes is year two entering year five. Now he did get the contract, but you also have Garrett Bowles out there who at least seems to be a emotional vocal uh, leader uh, when it comes to my perspective of the team as well. So um, do you think there was an argument there for Garrett Bowles over Cortland Sutton? Yeah, he, he's been a great voice for the team for a long time. Uh, you know, he, he's kind of one of those rough around the edges kind of guy, but mm-hmm. you like that in your tackle. Uh, yeah. Like, I want that. I want a little bit of that kind of rough and tumble kind of guy. So Clean technique, um, though. He, he does, yeah. You want clean technique. Right, right. But yeah. uh, but no, I, I think there's an argument that he could have been in because he's probably been the more consistent of those two of the last yeah. few years, at least talent-wise. Uh, but like I said, I think Cortland Sutton is just really well respected in that locker room. Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't know if you can hear that. But I think the ice cream truck is going by outside. Um, it's really loud. Uh, but yeah, no, man, we need to end the show. I need to get some ice cream. No. Um, yeah. So Broncos captains there. You guys let us know if anybody that the Broncos surpassed anybody that they should have gone with instead. Um, if anybody else we didn't talk about, I mean, they keep talking about Josie Jewell being a coach on the field, maybe, if uh, the Broncos defense wasn't so star studded or whatever, maybe he'd have an option as well. And I see Scott in the chat talking about uh, Draymond Jones getting a chance as well. I think Draymond is maybe a little bit less leader and more kind of in his own maniacal craft uh, sometimes <laughs> as well. Maybe that's fine. He's, he's scary, man. Him and uh, coach uh, coach Stukes, little scary dudes, but Chubb, uh, Justin Simmons, Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, and of course, Brandon McManus in there for the for the Broncos captains week one. And we'll see how it plays out. Obviously, it's week to week. Uh, is there have you heard anything about the Broncos changing captains throughout the year? I, I haven't. And I can't see them changing any of those out unless one of them gets hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely possible. Yeah. Miss some time. Suspension. Who knows? Uh, Phil McLaughlin coming in saying, I'm thinking Patrick Sertan gets two picks against Seattle. Question is, are they going to throw the ball that much in Patrick Sertan's direction? Uh, he was kind of a racing guys last year. Uh, the Broncos, did you know the Broncos played the second most man coverage in football last season with Vic Fangio? It's wow. Pretty surprised. I think a lot of it has to do with how terrible the pass rush was. Yeah. Um, he had <laughs> trust in your coverage a little bit more. But uh, Patrick Sertan getting two picks. The question is, is he going to even get targeted two times? Well, I, I'd say if he covers Metcalf the entire game, like if he actually follows him r- across the field, I think then you're going to see him get quite a few targets yeah. because I know Geno Smith, that that's his comfort guy. Like last year when he played his few games, Metcalf yeah. was his guy that he was just going to over and over and over again, even when he was covered. So I, I could see that being the one time that Sertan could actually get some chances. I'm not sure if they're going to actually have him follow him though. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we'll see. And I see some calls for uh, Kareem Jackson as well. Jamie saying Kareem Jackson, good leader, oh. uh, could have been a good one. Yeah, Kareem Jackson, definitely another uh, scary dude out there. Uh, we got Clayton coming in here, not so scary, uh, not anymore. Now that Clayton's <laughs> come, saying evening guys, smash that like button on the way in. We appreciate you guys. And Rodney Garcia saying, who's going to cover Lockett? This is not just directed at you, Carl, but uh, the the shadow cornerback is a myth in the year 2022. Teams just don't do that anymore. Right. Most of these guys, they're specific. has to do with more of the rolling of the coverage and the safeties to a certain st- side of the field and weak versus strong side uh, versus anything else. You don't really see the cornerback that's following singular guys around anymore because just the coverages are more complex uh, pre-snap post-snap than they have been before. So I don't think you're going to see Metcalf uh, being shadowed by Sertan. Uh, it's going to be more one side of the field versus help. And who's going to cover Lockett? God, that's a good question. I guess it's going to be Darby a little smaller, twitchier and whatnot for the most part, but it's going to depend on how they're going to utilize Lockett as well. And another one who's going to cover Fant. I mean, people have been screaming about the Broncos issues with covering linebackers for years. They're pretty good at it last season, ironically, given the decimated linebacker group, but uh, Seahawks have some pass catchers on the outside with big athletic potential. Yeah. I mean, their entire season is going to come down to can the quarterback actually take advantage of those weapons. Yeah. We've seen it here in Denver. Broncos have had great weapons here for quite a few years. Just hadn't had the quarterback to actually do anything with them. I think of that. uh, I think it was, was it the chiefs game where Keenum overthrew DT wide open for the winning touchdown, you know, and he had that double move up the sideline and uh, just, just missed him by a couple yards. And you're just kind of going, Oh, if we just had a quarterback that could make that throw, we're obviously not losing to the chiefs every single year for the last seven years and having to listen to these chiefs fans. Cause I live in chiefs nation or whatever you want to call it. Um, Oh, I haven't heard the end of it for a long time. So yeah. I, I need the Broncos to win that game. Like I want yeah. the Broncos to win a Super Bowl, but like number two behind that is beat the Chiefs for me. Yeah, win the AFC West. That's the first <laughs> first goal. Um, after that, we'll see how it falls. Clayton coming in saying, "Do you think the Broncos rush for over 100 yards in the game versus Seattle?" I do. I think they're going to rush for over 100 yards, and it's going to be with Gordon and Williams as the two main running backs. I really like uh, Boone. I know that. Scott has made a good point of how much the Broncos are paying their third string running back and how much value you're actually getting from that. If you lose one of those running backs, Boone's going to step in. I think going to be very good for you there as well. Maybe they'll find a role for him. I mean, he's different than Gordon and Williams as well, uh, stylistically, but I think the Broncos Williams and Gordon, one of the top four running back duos in football this season. Yep. I'm and probably the you. Broncos best positional group. Yeah. And I think they're going to lean into the run game pretty heavy early on. Yep. Give Wilson and that those outside weapons a chance to kind of build some chemistry as they go, but really lean into that run game to carry them through these first few games. Yep. And uh, what's the first play? A runner bomb. I think the first play will be an RPO. So it could go either way, baby. No, who knows? Um, we also got a comment coming in here from Scott uh, Rolf over on Facebook saying, as long as we give our bell cow Javante Williams at least 70% of the carries and only use Gordon on third downs and passing situations uh, is what they do. The backfield will be more dangerous than. Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry. What do you think about this, Scott? God, did it again. Oh, man, bad, bad Nick. Uh, Using 70% and 30% for the Broncos running back splits. I could see by the end of the season, when Javante's really catching on and getting into a groove, you could maybe see that 70-30 split. But early on, 
Broncos are not going to want that for Javante. Like part of why you bring Melvin Gordon back is because you want to be able to save Javante for when it matters most. And so I, I think early on, you're going to see probably closer to that 50, 50 split. I'd say at least for the first about four or five weeks of the season. And then you're going to start to see it slowly going in a different direction. I mean, they want Javante to be number one, but again, you want him at his best in December and January. You don't need to be using him up here in September. So, and, and Gordon, he's still a good running back. Like he still rushed for almost, almost a thousand yards last year. And other than the fumbles does well of getting into those, those touchdowns. He's a great receiver. Like I said, third down player. He's a great blocker as well. Whenever you need him to step in there for pass blocking. So, you know, he still has a big role with this team. Like yeah. you brought him back because you know, he can be productive for you. Yeah, hundred percent. And comments on that, but first, Andrew Baker coming in saying, "Sup, Nick, Carl, and Scott, and Fam." Hackett won't show us cards right away, but the RPO is going to be a lot of his scheme. It's really hard to say. Uh, Packers did a little bit of everything with uh, Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers, and Hackett's done a bit of everything also from the Blake Bortles led Jacksonville Jaguars to what they showed with the Packers. They keep talking about this new offense and doing what Russell Wilson wants to do. Uh, so we don't know what that's going to look like. I know that Russell Wilson wants to run a lot of empty sets, but unfortunately he's like one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL with empty sets. So uh, we'll see what he wants. It also sounds like Russell Wilson's going to have veto power being the main guy, what he wants to run work. So could be, could be a little bit of a feeling out process early on for this offense, kind of get what works there. We know Russell Wilson can do the ad lib breakdown plays, explosive plays there how do the layups look? How do the, you know, hitting for singles, the base on balls, the easy stuff. Cause that's sometimes been an issue and you got to be able to hit those gimmies. Uh, and I don't know how they're manufacturing that with this offense. I would guess a lot of RPOs or quick outs part of the game, but the slants, the over routes given Russell Wilson's historical target distribution in the field, maybe not as much there. So uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it plays. That's going to be interesting uh, to see. No doubt. As far as the running backs go, just look no farther than last year with the Packers using AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, uh, Aaron Jones, 171 carries AJ Dillon, 187 carries uh, in the past game too. Aaron Jones, 52 receptions, AJ Dillon, 34 receptions, plenty of touches to go around. And if you have two good, two good running backs, use them. Uh, the key is maximizing efficiency. It's not a volume d- discussion. It's an, efi- it's an, ef- it's, and efficiency discussion uh, for the run game. So I don't care if it's 50, 50, I don't care if it's 60, 40, you want to make sure that these guys are being efficient uh, and protecting them for the long run. Right. And, and like I said, I, I just want to save Javante as long as I can. And, and just from listening to people talk about training camp, Javante was having a little trouble picking up this zone scheme, just a little bit. I'm not saying that he's going to struggle or that he's going to be terrible here at the beginning of the year or that Melvin Gordon should be the starter. I'm just saying you know, he's a second year back learning a new system. It just takes a little bit to get the feel of that. And they didn't really do anything in the preseason. So he didn't get any chance to kind of get some of that. It's just going to take a little bit for some of that to get going. And so you might lean into the veteran just a little bit more because he yeah. can hit the ground running just a little bit more. So um, I, I don't think anybody should hit the panic button on Javante if that happens. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Two good running backs. Be happy to use both of them. Hopefully not on the field at the same time. Cause that means tight ends and wide receivers are not playing that well. Uh, Mike Hansen coming in saying upper Wyoming says, hi, hello to upper Wyoming. Uh, last home game I was able to go to Peyton Manning took part, uh, tore apart the new Orleans saints. Let's ride. That was a, I remember that game, hell of a game. 
a lot of fun. Um, good to have you in here, Mike. We appreciate you. Tim saying Nick's drinking his coffee tonight. No coffee, just uh, good vibes. Living on good vibes. Uh, 100%. Um, KB82 talking about uh, Kenneth Booker, of course, saying, will you guys be at the meet and greet? I shall not be, um, but Carl shall be with a lot of other Mile High Huddle. Carl, can you talk about the meet and greet for a second? Yeah, so it's going to be the the San Francisco game, the third game of the year, and it's a Sunday night game. That's why I can actually be there since I work on Sundays. And uh, so, you know, anybody, we're going to have a little bit of time before the game out there in the parking lot, do a little meet and greet time. Everybody come. We'll have a great time, some food, some drinks, uh, shake hands, talk football, you know, all the great stuff, and then head into the game. You know, that's the great thing is then you get to go watch a Broncos game together. And uh, so anybody that's in Denver going to be at that game, please come on by. We'll get more information of where we're going to be at in the parking lot. I haven't got that information yet. I don't know if Chad's put it out there yet or not. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely. Like I said, if you get a chance, we'd love to come see you guys. And it, it's always great seeing you here, but I'd love to have that conversation face to face with you guys. Yeah. It'd be a lot of fun. You guys will be shocked how short Carl is. No, what fun. just kidding. Five, nine, the uh, five, 10, uh, just going to give you a hard time. That's better for backpacking. So that's no worries there. <laughs> that's why you see like little, Six, uh, sixth graders just flying up the mountain carrying less weight uh lucky sons of guns but uh, we also got a question coming in here from rodney asking about what's the status on greg dulcich greg dulcich is on the short-term ir he's been dealing with an injury i think there was like one week of training camp or otas where he was out there then uh suffered a setback and i'm gonna be honest guys anything that you get from dulcich at all this season is going to be a bonus for me. I've pretty much considered this season a redshirt year. I don't even know if we're going to see him be effective at all. Um, it typically takes three years for f- top 40 overall picks at the tight end to start contributing because they have to learn the wide receiver route tree, the nuance of the wide receiver, and then the tight end, the blocking scheme as well. Dulcich coming from a Chip Kelly uh, UCLA team. I mean, it was already going to take a long time. If that's assuming he's 100% healthy, not missing yeah. OTAs, not missing training camp. Now he's injured missing short-term IR. I don't know, man. I think he could have a very small, he could have a small package. They could have a small usage <laughs> for him this season. Um, but yeah. sorry, Dulcich. but it, I just, I'm, I'm already discounting him and anything we get from him. I'm going to be pleasantly surprised if they get anything at all. Right. Well, and it, it's got to make you a little nervous about this tight end room. Albert O is yeah. dealing with an injury as well. Right now he's missed some practice time. I, I'm sure he'll be ready for Monday night's game, but He's been having some injury concerns throughout his career in the NFL. Then you got Tomlinson behind him that mm. more of a blocking guy for you. Saubert, eh, he, he's a backup tight end. You don't want him to have to be your starter. So, like I said, the tight end room, it, it's going downhill quickly. I mean, thankfully, the Broncos, I don't think that was a huge part of their game plan was tight ends being a part of this passing attack. But you still like to have that threat. And so hopefully Alberto can get healthy and we don't have to worry about him, but I I'd love to have Dulcich back, you know, going to hundred percent. And like I said, if you can get anything from him this year, you feel pretty good. Yeah. Unfortunate, but uh, the reality of it, um, <laughs> Dulcich is a small package of the season brought to you by Manscaped. I'm not going to put that on him. He's, he's got beautiful hair. He's a gorgeous looking human being and uh, he's got a tight end. So uh, we're just leaning all the way in there. But guys, speaking of leaning in, we got to start leaning out. Uh, 50 minutes. We're supposed to try to keep this at about 45. So if you have any other thoughts and questions before we do last topic of conversation, though, Broncos do release slash wave uh, UD undrafted free agent, darling uh, Brendan Johnson 
today with an injury settlement. I believe it was a three-week injury settlement, and that means then the Broncos cannot sign him back until the same amount of times as long as long as the injury settlement was. So it's a three-week injury settlement. That means Broncos couldn't bring him back until after week six. I think that's how it works. It's really confusing, um, but yeah. that's my can, understanding. Can another team sign him after that three weeks? I think another team can sign him right away. Okay. Technically. I think. I don't know though. It's 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 a confusing procedural uh, there for the Broncos, but I think definitely another team can sign him. But I don't know if I think the Broncos have to hold out. Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah, and that that stinks because he was he's having a great training camp, great preseason, looking like a guy that's going to make this fifty-three man roster and suffers that high ankle sprain right there at the end. It just terrible timing for a guy that really had earned a roster spot. Okay. And I had some specific wrong. Uh, he cannot re-sign with the team until three weeks after it. Um, so it was just kind of happened that the Broncos were, oh, it was a three-week injury settlement. But like, let's say it was a nine-week injury settlement. Couldn't sign him then until after week 12. So is what it is. Um, Carl, any thoughts before we get on out of here? Um, this is, I guess this is your last chance before the Seahawks game. So we got to get you your thoughts on the game and uh, your prediction on the score. Yeah, I, I think this is a, a great one for the Broncos to start off. You got some great matchups. Broncos secondary against these weapons here for uh, for the Seahawks. Uh, that, that's going to be a huge for us to be able to see. Uh, I'm excited for that all 22. You know, I don't expect Geno Smith to take advantage of all the times that they might be open. But uh, just to have Patrick Sertan going against some of these guys, getting to see how much he's advanced in year two, that, that's going to be great. And then I, I just I want to see this starting offensive line. You know, we haven't got a chance to actually see them. Billy Turner's been hurt, so you haven't even had seen him at training camp hardly at all. So getting these five guys on the field, uh, how long is it going to take them to get going? You know, are they going to have that chemistry, you know, by week three, week four, or is it going to have to take half a season before they get going? That, that's going to be a big determining factor of how they do for this first half of this season. So, uh, but overall, I think Broncos come away with a victory. I think it's going to be a, not as big a victory as some people would hope, like, I'm going to go 24-17 is the score I'm going to pick. Uh, I think Broncos will go into the fourth quarter actually with a, a decent lead, 21-10 kind of thing, and then Seahawks get a, a late touchdown to make it look a little bit closer. But um, I, I don't expect this offense to be clicking right away. Yeah. I know everybody wants to have that explosive offense. Let's just score every single time, and it's going to be great. It's just going to take its time. You know, you look at Tom Brady with the, the Tampa Bay Bucks. It took them about – eight weeks actually before they really started clicking. Yeah. You know, well, I think Matthew Stafford with, Oh, sorry, with the Rams, you know, he, he did, they started out pretty good, but they, they had kind of their ups and downs with that offense to start off with too. So mm-hmm. like I said, I, I just, I hope people kind of have a little bit of hesitant or a little bit of patience with this to understand. It's just going to take a little bit of time to get it all working well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, should be a good game. So you heard it here, guys. Uh, 27 to 16, you said? 27? 24-17. 24-17. If it's not that, uh, Carl's, I'll give you guys Carl's Venmo. Um, so that way you can request uh, from him when you blow your blow your bets. But uh, we appreciate you guys very much. Thanks for joining us today. Obviously, you can find Carl and I on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dummer MHH. And I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at BTB Football Pod. That's Building the Broncos Football Pod. BTB Football Pod. And at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you join in our Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. And with the season just, you know, 
just right around the corner. Uh, make sure you guys are going to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to these podcasts. Find the rate and review section. Give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. It really does help us a lot. There's a lot of good Broncos contributors in this space. It's a saturated market, but we like to think we're doing things a little bit differently, a little bit better, and uh, with a different take, our own originality on here. So we appreciate. We would appreciate it if you guys would do that. And of course, as the ticker says underneath, if you've joined us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share, and click that bell icon so that way you know when we go live. Uh, Carl, what's the rest of your night looking like? Well, got a got a run ahead of me. Mm. Probably about only about three or four mile tonight. Okay. So it, it's been I injured my leg about two weeks ago, so it's been a little bit of slow coming back from it. But um, otherwise, maybe gonna write an article. Got some things cooking for for mile high huddle and need to get that in kids are going to bed so i can get a little time on the keyboard and and uh so hopefully by tomorrow you guys will have an article coming out from me awesome awesome well guys we really appreciate you shout out to scott working the ones and twos in the background uh scott and i'll be live again tomorrow morning for forging the falcons if you guys are hanging out in the morning want to come talk some nfc east football and it should be luke and i tomorrow night on mile high insiders luke should be back it's been a little bit of a, I'm going to be there. I'm not going to be there. He's obviously coming off the uh, shoulder injury from his bike spill. So I uh, was sending good vibes to Luke. Hope he's feeling better. And maybe we'll see him tonight. If not, we will, uh, we'll hold down the fort there. So Luke, hope you're feeling better, buddy. And we hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Hope you had a great Labor Day weekend. And uh, until then, make sure you're choosing kindness and choosing compassion. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.